welcome back to the Metal Gear Solid Games Club. And I'll even take that again. Metal Gear? Obligatory. Metal Gear Solid Games Club here at Super NPC Radio. This is the Games Club that we are doing that is the big ticket item here at our network for the first half of 2022. We'll be following up with uh, covering an additional series that has yet to be announced um, for the second half of the year. But again, if you listen to our little preview ad that we made, it makes pretty clear what is to come after hanging with old Snake and the gang, as they're often referred to. Uh, I am the host of this here, Episode 5, Connor McCabe, uh, as you know me around these parts. Um, And today we will be covering Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops, which is the first PSP game uh, done by the series. Of course, not the only one that's on the PSP, Um, but I could not do this alone. And I know this is a game that one of the core mechanics is focused on recruiting people, amassing essentially an army of recruits to help you with uh, with all sorts of different stuff. Um, But I went with the opposite approach here, and I got one, but... One brave soul, which I found out is all you technically need to beat the game after watching a speedrun. <laughs> I have brought on maybe the great, the the biggest Metal Gear Solid fan in the world, at least up there, and Ooh. and certainly one of the biggest uh, Hideo Kojima uh, fans in the world. Even though this game is not directed by him, I brought along a co-host of the Super. I always say that co-host of Super Gamer Boys, Garrett Morlang. Welcome back, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I am uh, back uh, to talk about more Hideo Kojima. Yeah. I am so excited. I'm glad that you asked me um, because uh, you know my love. You guys all heard uh, on another show that you guys have uh, the uh, um, Call Me By Your Game. I talked about Death Stranding. And uh, when you were like, hey, do you also want to do Metal Gear? I'm like, heck yeah. yeah, Awesome. (laughs) Well, I'm really Uh-oh. glad to have you here. Uh, that episode was so much fun talking to you all about Death Stranding. Um, but here we are back to to hit another episode of this game club. This marks the halfway point for us. We will be covering five more. We're going to be covering um, Peace Walker, Twin Snakes, uh, Phantom Pain, Ground Zeroes, and both. Uh, wait, no, Phantom Pain is the fi- is the fifth one. Because there's Ground Zeroes and then there's the other, which is like well, the preview. It gro- it's like a part one, part two. So Ground Zeroes was kind of like part one of yes. five. And then Phantom Pain is part two. Uh, whatever the... I'm surprised they're doing Twin Snake. Like you guys are really getting in the, the nitty gritty. Like the fact that you did like Portable Ops. Yeah. You did. I saw, uh, I mean, if you're doing Twin Snakes, you, I, I even saw on the Patreon feed uh, Ghost Babble. Yes. On the Game Boy. I was just like, what the heck? Like you guys are like... <laughs> getting wild with this you know we're trying <laughs> like, to, i thought you're just going to do the mainline ones but yeah you're hitting them all yeah you know we wanted to get up to a certain episode amount to at least make the games club appealing to our current listeners and potential new new listeners uh, and patrons here on the on the network which again we're i don't know if i've said this yet but we're joined by a patron of of the network garrett you are an esteemed class Ooh. of your own Oh, well, yeah, I, I, of course I got to support you guys. You make <laughs> awesome content. You, you make awesome content outside of even just the Metal Gear stuff. As soon as I knew you're doing a Metal Gear book club, I'm like, of course I got to support <laughs> you. But all your guys' other shows are incredible on the network. So yeah, 
go if you're not supporting them, which I think you have to be to listen to this. Yeah, but unless if you're not for whatever for, for whatever reason, yeah. uh, go support them out over at Patreon. Supreme PC Radio is killer. Well, thank you, and and yeah, as far as you know, covering a lot of the series, we really you know, just wanted to cover a decent amount for this kind of because for the Zelda series, I believe we did. 18 episodes so between the two games clubs we're i think we're going to end up eclipsing that because we're doing 10 for this um but we you know also had a lot of help from our cohorts here like michael hearn which is a who's a regular on video games a comedy show and has been on plenty of other shows on this network was like just told us hey i love the game boy color game ghost babble like i will host an episode which <laughs> saved our butts so neither of us had to do it nick costanza did uh did Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. Tyler Schnupp will be doing um, the, uh, I just said it, and now I already forgot. Peace Walker. Peace Walker. Peace Walker. Um, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So getting a lot of help here. Have you guys done, have you guys done uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 yet? The Guns of the Patriots? Not yet. Guns of the Patriots will be coming. Okay, okay. Are you a That's big a fan? Answer. Do we need to <laughs> dial up Jeremy's number and let him know you're a recruit oh, available? Um, I mean... You, you you know me like I I'm a fan of I'm a huge fan of all the games uh but uh that that's actually one I haven't replayed in a long time oh, okay. so I was thinking about going back to it so if if Ooh. you need a body let me know but I mean at this point I haven't started so depending on when the recording is I might need a little time right Ooh, man that's that's a good that's a good one that's that's I just I know we're not talking about four but all good to me that's one of the biggest like the most underrated. Metal Gear games, I think. Okay. Like so many people tend to hate on it. Like mm. not necessarily say it's a bad game, but it's definitely a lot of people's least favorite. And I don't know. Oh, wow. I think it's up there. I think it's in my top, uh, at least top, top, maybe number two or three. It's up there. Oh it's my goodness. One. That's pretty high. It's a good one. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, there's a chance I don't play, um, Guns of the Patriots, but I want to. I and by chance I mean I'm not hosting that episode, so I'm not beholden to it. But I really do, at the very least, want to play. And I'm I'm do, I'm hosting the Twin Snakes episode, so I at least have to do that too. Um, mm-hmm. But I do want to play four and five just to at least see like the the mainline proper games all the way through. Uh, as much as I know, five is like an open world game uh, that is a lot to chew on. Um, <laughs> yeah, but. I I have. I I have not even completed five. I got, <laughs> you know, a good chunk of the way through, and for me, it was uh, just a <clears throat> a tough game to get through as well. Because I mean, we talked about it on on that Death Stranding episode mm-hmm. where there was all that drama with Kojima and stuff like that. So around that time, is just kind of like ah, you know what, like almost in uh, in uh, uh, solidarity with uh, you know Kojima, yes. like you know what. I'm going to put the game down a little bit. Yeah. And, I mean, and it's a huge game. So it's just like, <laughs> I, I was getting overwhelmed. There's other games to play. Yes. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put this down. It's all good. I got other things to play. Okay. But it's the open world aspect of that game is very interesting because it's, yeah, definitely a new thing in the franchise. Uh, especially, I'm especially intrigued in, uh, in that one, or I guess of that one is intriguing to me because I, as I've been, I've, I've shouted across this series uh, the the games club series that is it, that I until this year had never completed a Metal Gear Solid game, uh, let alone la- and I started the first one, played Blows through up until the right before the Hind D fight in one. I played through last March of 2021, so I'm still very new to the franchise. And now that I've seen mm-hmm. and gotten to play the first three 
in the solid series plus portable ops i knowing some of the conventions of the game i'm like how could they even do an open world game it's mind-blowing so i'm really i'm intrigued i might just touch it and then listen to the episode um because uh don't mean to brag but i did just get this game for four dollars on the playstation store because it went on a crazy sale and playstation like notified me (laughs) um because i had it on like a favorites list metal gear solid 5 did yes oh yeah it's it's always on sale that that one i feel like um oh which one i just got there's like some ultimate pack and yeah it came with uh, ground zeros and phantom pain and like one other thing i think and yeah it was like five or six bucks that, that was like a few months back wow. but it's, it, it's always on sale so yeah it's i, I don't know, i don't know why because it really is a great game like it's not up there for me like it's pretty low on the mm-hmm. list but still and it's and for what it is it's it's a really fun game so i'm always shocked whenever i see it. i'm like really like five bucks six bucks like what's going on here but damn it's interesting yeah. Uh, sometimes they just have crazy sales on there, uh, quite unlike Nintendo will do with their biggest yeah. titles. Nintendo, at the most, you're like, oh, for this month, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is 40 bucks, which is a crazy right. in its own <laughs> in for Nintendo to even do, let alone yeah, get, having having it drop 20 bucks. Like, or, I think just uh, this last month there was a for or earlier this month for Mario Day, a few games got yes. got lowered. And it was, but yeah, it's like, oh, 40 bucks, that's a steal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like for anywhere else, it's like that'd be ridiculous. Like, no way I'm not buying the game for 40 bucks. It's a five-year-old game. Seriously. Nintendo, they've got they've got us. <laughs> they do, they really <laughs> do. Um, I'm really excited to get into uh so much about yeah. this game and just where it sits in the series, uh, and, and a lot of other things. But Garrett, as much as we probably talked about it on your episode of call me by your game or at least a little bit i do want to go over your history with the metal gear solid series because we've covered mine and my friend it's just you and me tonight it's cozy so why don't you walk us through um the metal gear your history with metal gear solid um i believe were you introduced to the first game by your dad am i pulling that memory correctly yeah yeah so um yeah we had uh I had originally played it like on a there was like the demo disc. I forget was it was like the Pizza Hut one or PlayStation yes. Underground. I don't know. We we had a whole pile of demos as a kid because that's what you had on PlayStation One. Just using <laughs> them as coasters. Every, everyone, yeah, everyone was always giving away demo disc, and there's a lot of fun games on there. Um, and uh, yeah, there was a Metal Gear Solid one, and I remember playing a little bit of that, and then uh, yeah, finally the the day that my my dad bought the full copy of the game and I remember watching him play through a, a couple times. And then, you know, then the day came, it was a couple years later cause I was very young when it originally came out, but you know, here like a couple years later, he's like, Hey, do you, do you want to give it a shot? Do you want to play this thing? And I was like, heck yeah, I do. <laughs> like I was so stoked. Um, because I, yeah, just watching it, it's, it's, I mean, you've played it now, mm-hmm. the first one. Like, it's it's a blockbuster movie. It's incredible. So even at, even as a kid, like, I just had so much fun, like, watching this. Like, oh, man, like, this is just, like, yeah, watching a movie. This um, is, like, one of my Japanese animes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, so good. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's where I got started. Okay. And that really was the very beginning of... A lifelong love for uh metal gear solid series and anything hideo kojima cool um yeah I, I i've pretty much played well so here's the interesting thing i played one and two um you know around the time when they first came out 
Snake Eater, I actually did not play in full until, when was that? That was about, well, I guess it was a while ago now. It doesn't seem like that long. Yeah. Ago, but <laughs> is when I was, when I was in college, which was about 10 years ago now. Um, <laughs> like that, that seems like it was just yesterday, but, but still that's very late. I was yeah. very late to the party with Snake Eater. Famously, you're, of, you're like just anti-Bond. No James Bond stuff for you. And you heard the whispers. Yeah. No, get, get out of your James Bond <laughs> garbage. Um, no, I, uh, yeah. So it was one of those things where I actually played four first. So I went one, two and four, which if you guys know the series is kind of like the canonical yeah. deal. <laughs> so, so, you know, it makes sense in the timeline of things. So it, you didn't really need necessarily need to play snake eater to understand the story of solid snake, um, to an extent. Um, and then, uh, yeah, when I finally got on the plane, I'm like, Oh, I've been missing out. Like there, there really is a big chunk of the story that you miss out on in, in a sense. And then the gameplay that was added, um, so yeah, I played a little bit out of order one, two, four, then I went back to three and then when five came around, um, I remember that was such a big deal because, uh, well at that point I, I was a little bit out of the gaming scene. Like I, I was still playing video games, but I wasn't like following the news or anything at like that. At the time, just a um, gamer boy, not quite a super gamer boy yet. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like I had kind of gotten out of it cause as a kid I was super into it and then, I lived overseas for a couple of years and got out of it. There just okay, wasn't yeah. a lot of, <laughs> wasn't a lot of video gaming happening. And so when I came back, it took a while to kind of get back in the swing of things. Everyone has their dark and, period. Uh, I feel you. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what it is. The dark ages there. <laughs> um, and, uh, all of a sudden I saw on the PlayStation store, this, uh, metal gear, solid ground zeros. I'm just like, wait, wait, what? Or what's <laughs> what's going on? Like, what's happening? There's a new Metal Gear game. Like, I love this this franchise. What's going on? I had no idea it was coming out. It says it's Metal Gear Solid 5, Ground Zeroes. Why is it only 30 bucks? That's confusing. That doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Um, and I remember buying it and beating it in like a couple hours, yeah. like maybe, maybe like, like an hour, hour and a half or something like that. Because I just kind of like blew through it. I'm like, that was it. Like, I don't get <laughs> it. Like I'm, I was so confused. I was so lost. Um, and then I, uh, yeah, I did a whole lot of research after that and realized like, Oh, I'm an idiot. Like it's like a prologue yeah. you know, part one, almost did, to was that the, the actual sequel that's coming out like ne the next year, the way, like a whole year or something. Like I think oh I forget gosh. exactly the timing, but it was like, like a chunk of time, like between ground zeros and phantom pain. And yeah, I was, a big dummy. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I feel so stupid. And that but was the full it, price for just the part one. Yeah. It was like 20, 30 <laughs> bucks or something crazy. like that for, for, <laughs> for like a couple hours of yeah. uh, just running around. Although I never went back to play it, but I think there's more to it than even what I initially, oh, okay. uh, than what I, what I thought. So you can, you can bust through it in like an hour or two, like I did, but from what I've heard, there's actually a lot more content hidden in the world if you take your time and explore. Oh. And like, there's different like little side missions or like objectives and stuff you can do. So that's even something I've never gone back to. You know, I came out what ten years ago, and I still haven't gone back to try that again. So mm -hmm. that's why, I would, like, when it went on sale a couple months ago, that collection, I'm like, I gotta get it because I really gotta go back to Ground Zeroes and give that a shot again. But yeah, so very. Uh, uh, kind of all over the place history with metal gear, but obviously like love of my life. And then, uh, <laughs> I, that eventually turned into, okay, anything Hideo Kojima yeah. I love since he's not making metal gear anymore. And, uh, yeah. 
Good stuff. Cool. Uh, a few questions with four. I have several questions I want to ask you. Are that okay, okay. Uh, have you just played the like one, two, three, four, five mainline series? Have you dabbled in before at least doing this record or preparing for this episode? Have you dabbled in any of the others? No. So I actually, when I had a PSP back in the day, I owned. Um, Wow, I can't even think of the name of it. What's the one? Peace uh, the Walker, other one on PSP. Right? Peace Walker. Yeah. yeah, I own Peace Walker. Okay. Uh, but I never played it for whatever reason. Huh. Um, like I was just a weird, dumb kid that just like I had this game. You're trying <laughs> just, your best. I don't know. <laughs> I was I was a super into what was it? Uh oh under Need for Speed Underground. Or no, uh, it was some like street racing game I was super into on PSP. That's basically all I played. Midnight. <laughs> Midnight Club. That's what it was. Midnight Club Dub Edition wow. on PSP. Banger of a game. You gotta <laughs> if you have a PSP, pick up Midnight Club 2 Dub Edition or something like that. So good. Um, but uh yeah, I just never got into it. And then pretty much, yeah, only a mainline game man. Um, so like I never played Poor Blops until you asked me, like, hey, do you want to play Poor Blops? I'm like, it's Metal Gear has Metal Gear in the name. Like, yeah, I'll play it. <laughs> Uh, I literally bought a PSP for this. Like I ordered one from Japan. Wow. And uh, I am so happy I did because I've played so many awesome PSP games that I've missed out on the last couple months. Since, oh my gosh. Since picking that up. But uh, yeah, no, I was just a mainline man. And then when I realized like, oh, there's a lot more to the story that um, even after playing this game, playing Portable Ops, I'm like, holy smokes, like this fills in so many gaps. Like, yeah. like we'll, we'll eventually talk about here. But just with like even, you know, the Colonel Campbell that we know in the game yep. like being introduced to him in this game, like blew my mind. Like that's within the first like five minutes of the game. Yes. Like, Are you kidding me? What <laughs> Campbell's here? Oh, I was so stoked. <laughs> Gosh, I love it. Um, okay, cool. So we, we've really filled in the gaps on this journey. Um, uh, do you have a, a favorite in the series? Like, do you know what your number one is? And if that's a tough question, like picking your, your favorite child, I understand. No, I, uh, it's, it, I, th I think if someone was putting a gun to my head and I said to like, Hey, you have five seconds, like, give me an answer right now. It'd have to be Metal Gear Solid 2. Oh, <laughs> Sons of Liberty guy. Sons of Liberty. That would be my pick. Um, number one, I, 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 I like to say number one mm -hmm. when people ask me just cause of the nostalgia behind it. Yeah. And I've literally beat the game like hundreds of times. And what's crazy is every time I beat it again, I find something new that I still haven't seen, <laughs> which just blows my mind that a PS1 game can have so much content yeah. in there that you can miss after so many completions. Um, but there's something about Metal Gear Solid 2 with um, just, I mean, the upgraded graphics, like jumping from PS1 to the PS2, like that jump in technology was incredible. Uh, the whole bait and switch that happens yep. in that game with like starting a snake ending up playing most of the game as Raiden. do you remember how you uh, felt at the time because you, i believe you said you played this at least soon after it came out yeah uh so i it, it was definitely a shocker mm -hmm. and and yeah pretty for 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 young for a young kid like very confusing for a while i was just <laughs> like i don't understand what's happening like who's this guy like what's going on um definitely one i had to like play and beat a couple times to finally figure out like oh it's like 
a different guy altogether. And yeah. like he's just, you know, figure out who Jack the Ripper, like who he is. Like, okay, he's a child soldier, like all this crazy stuff in his backstory. Cause there also wasn't a lot on the internet at that time. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was the internet, but it was like uh, going to Cheat Code Central or whatever. I don't even know <laughs> if AIM was a thing. You, AOL was, but AIM may have not exactly been invented by that, by 2001. Yeah. I, I don't remember if it was or not, but yeah, it was one of those things like you can just Google, like go to YouTube and be like, okay, break down the story for me. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like there is nowadays. Um, but I, I just loved, uh, after so many playthroughs and like figuring it out and learning it, um, figuring out what's going on. I, I love the story and, and yeah, I very much love the, the kind of switch once I, again, once I understood the story more, I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And mm-hmm. like the whole idea of it being, a virtual mission. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Like that blew my mind. Like, what are you kidding me? Like all the parallels to one, um, fantastic game. So yeah, Metal Gear Solid 2, I think is my all time number, number one. Okay. Um, yeah. I love that, man. It's, it's, I love that game. And I, I was not on the, uh, the, the episode, um, uh, to, so I haven't really discussed it too much with other people. And of course, we're not here to talk about that where you will eventually talk about portable ops. But man, is that game incredible. And uh, just, you know, having getting inundated by the series with one, loving it, uh, and then jumping into two and seeing all these parallels, but also just like uh, just having so many questions and then having all of them pretty much answered for me by as the game progresses. I sure loved it. And I do want to say when I started Metal Gear Solid 3, um, as any player does, uh, the game asks you what uh, – like basically asks you what Metal Gear Solid do you like? Oh. and Or <laughs> yes. even maybe just Metal Gear. And I chose two because I was fresh off playing it and loved it. And so, of course, they start you in that game with wearing a, a, a Raiden mask that you then just have yep. what you need later. And yeah. I remember being like, wait Such a second, a am I thing. not playing as Snake now? And again, really fun joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that that's such a fantastic little like gimmick at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's asked, what difficulty you want to play? And then, okay, well, what Metal Gear was, yeah, is, is it, what, what's your favorite? Which one have you played? What was the last play or something like that? Mm-hmm. And depending on what you pick, you get different items. I forget what the other ones are, but I remember, I think I did the same thing <laughs> when I finally played Snake Eater, you know, 10 years ago. I picked up Metal Gear Solid 2 and I'm like, wait, like what is happening? Yes. I thought this was supposed to be Big Boss, like yeah. Naked Snake. Like I was so confused. Oh, so good. But then, yeah, once you figure out the joke and like, well, the joke and then the awkward moment with Rykov, is that his name? Yes. Later in the game. It's a very, very strange, you know, relationship between him and uh, Volgan there. Yes. But uh that mask does come in handy a couple times, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. So fun. And, and just, uh, love that. There's just a little, a little nod to two in three. Um, and speaking of metal gear, solid three snake eater, the game we're discussing today, metal gear, solid portable ops, uh, directly follows that it does take place, place years later after that, um, but it's about it, six years. Yeah. Cause I think it's 1970 and the fur and mm-hmm. snake eater is 64. So this continues the story of naked snake, big boss, um, with eye patch and all from the beginning of the game, uh, and following what he ends up getting up to. Um, I want to go over a little bit of the just basic history 
of this game. Um, as we've discussed, this was made for the PSP, so Sony's first uh, handheld console, um, which Garrett just told us that he recently got one. Isn't it like a gorgeous, like little rose gold PSP? It's like a. Her, it, I don't know exactly how to describe it. It's more like a copper, I okay. guess. Maybe like a bronze or a copper. Gotcha. But yeah, it's actually like a, as far as I understand, only available in Japan. Oh. There's like a Monster Hunter limited edition oh. that came out over there. Um, but yeah, when you asked me to do this episode, I'm like, I got to play it on a PSP. Because I, I don't own a Vita either. I'm like, ah, do I get to just get the Vita? Oh, yeah. No, I got to get a PSP. I got to go all out. So I ordered one, had it shipped over from Japan, uh, had to figure out how to get through all the menus in Japanese, which was surprisingly easy. Like as oh, soon as good. I picked it up, it's almost like muscle memory. Interesting. Me. Like not yeah. that I could not that I could read the menu, but it's just like I remembered like, okay, click, 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 kind of moving around. I'm like, I think it was over in this area. It, I really shocked myself and all of a sudden I'm like, it's in English. Yeah, I can read this now. Awesome. Um, but yeah, gorgeous, yeah, like bronze, copper, the PSP that um and it actually, when I ordered off eBay, it came with a couple, uh, a copy of Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops. I didn't realize it though; it was the Plus yes. version. <laughs> and so I popped that bad boy in, and which was also Japanese, uh, unfortunately. Mm. So I went to play it, and I assumed it would translate to English, and it did not. So I couldn't read anything, <laughs> but I also couldn't find. I was like, why can't I find like the story mode? What's going on? Later, I found out, oh, Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops Plus, very different game from the standard Portable Ops, which you might be talking about here in a moment. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I loved playing it on, on the original hardware. It was a lot of fun. Gosh, that's great. At least one of us is a is a true uh, is a true like stalwart of the C of the PSP here because I did play this on a <laughs> on a Vita. Um, and moment of truth, this is the the truth bomb of the century here, which uh, which okay. I gotta come clean to you and the listener uh, and admit that Garrett, I did not even finish this game. What? I know. I did watch a lot yes. about it and like watch a ton <laughs> of videos, but I it's one of those things where, you know, doing this whole games club, I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't plan ahead uh, for this near enough that I should have. That being said, did play enough to familiarize myself with what I think is enough, but I'm sure, you know, kind of like as I continue to play through the game, I would learn. There are things that I would have, that I almost would have missed, even if I hadn't continued playing that informed how I felt about it. So, um, you know, at least we got one uh, true, honest guy here and someone who played on original <laughs> hardware. So you that has like the slide pad sort of like stick, right? Yeah, it's kind of like an analog stick, but not. Yeah, it kind of like slides around. Um, that honestly wasn't the worst part. Okay. So I, if, if, if we want to jump in the controls right now, kind of how it felt on the PSP, I mean, it looked great. looked yes. great on the screen. Um, it's actually pretty incredible, the graphics that they are able it's to awesome. pump out on that hardware. Um, fantastic. And uh, But yeah, it definitely had its issues where you just have the one analog stick mm -hmm. we'll call it um so moving and looking around at the same time very difficult uh someone yeah. say maybe even impossible um <laughs> you could customize <laughs> the controls to where instead of your face buttons doing like you know interact or shoot yes. or switch weapon, weapons that you could switch it to the camera look around thing 
But then if you wanted to shoot or interact with something, you had to take your thumb off the movement stick, the analog stick, and do it. So it's like you you had to really choose. Do you want to be mobile and be also be able to shoot or do you want to be mobile and be able to see like you couldn't yeah. do both you couldn't see and shoot at the same time really no if you want to also be mobile uh control's not great um but honestly once you put in a couple hours like you just kind of like figure out a, a a way around it or like just kind of a way to compensate for it i guess a little yes. bit um and so it wasn't it wasn't impossible. It definitely added to the difficulty though. Like I, I don't think I played it on hard. Um, I don't even know if I had it on normal. I think because of the time I was like, I'm just gonna put on easy and try to get through it. Mm -hmm. But having that handicap there where like the, I wasn't able to, you know, (laughs) look and shoot and move in the way I needed to. There's a few moments I'm like, this is really hard still. (laughs) Like this is very difficult. I felt that like, I I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm curious. Yeah. Sorry to to interrupt you there real quick. Uh, But I was just going to say, I'm curious on the Vita because it has different controls and like the back touch buttons. Like how did that feel or how was that for for you? You know, if there is an option to remap the controls and use that extra stick or the back touch pad, I did not discover that. So I felt like I was playing on... And, you know, in a sense, the stick is a little improved here. This is a real little analog stick. doesn't click, but does the job. Um, I found the same thing where I was, like, even in just normal sneaking around and, like, just trying to, you know, account for potentially an enemy being around a corner or anything, really, I, I you have to do one at a time, essentially, if you're playing with the traditional controls of, of the camera being on the, the little D-pad there. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was like, that was definitely added a level of challenge. And I too also didn't feel so bad about choosing easy, um, uh, for that same reason. And I was, you know, of course had ambitions of blowing through it and as opposed to where I, what I did, which was get through a portion of it. Um, (laughs) so that was another reason. Whereas I've been playing the series on normal. So I've been trying, which I found that now th- this is maybe a discussion for another time that three was way easier for me than one and two. I don't know if that was because mm-hmm. I was had become and grown so much more comfortable with the format of the games, how they work, or even just, you know, playing. I played the HD version, so it was based on the subsist- subsistence model, which this game is, where okay. you do have a free camera, essentially. Um, right. And it's not the top-down version. Yeah. Yeah. Three, three definitely, uh, has a very different gameplay to it. Like it's, it's, it's similar to one and two, but yeah, very, um, very different as well. Just even in the stealth mechanics, like, you know, compared to more urban setting and yes. trying to stealth in like these, uh-huh. you know, gray buildings, uh, hiding in lockers around corners and, you know, crawling in vents to now you run around a jungle. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, that's interesting that you had an easier time with it. I, I actually had a harder time, but I wonder, again, I've had decades of, yeah. you know, playing one and two and like being more of like, you know, I can sneak around a building all day long, put mm-hmm. me in a warehouse. It's great, but throw me out in the jungle. And I'm like, what is happening? Where do I go? I was intimidated <laughs> by it truly for that reason. Did not know how it was going to be, if it was going to be like more open. It turns out it's like pretty much, it's set up so similarly to those first ones. It's just... The environment has changed. I'm sure there's more differences mm-hmm. that we could go over. 
Um, yeah. uh, really quick, before we get into too much of the nitty gritty, I want to go over just some of the basics of this uh, that we that we were getting yeah. into. Um, this game is officially, allegedly, officially abbreviated MPO for Metal Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops. It was made in 2006. It's it remains like the rest, of, like most most of the series. Because we've got Revengeance out there, uh, an action-adventure stealth video game developed by Kojima Productions and published by Konami. Again, for the Sony PlayStation Portable, um, and there, are, like you said, there are two versions of this. There are Portable Ops, and there is Portable Ops Plus, which I believe is solely like a multiplayer version of this game, which when yeah. I, I got my Vita to play this but also i was like i think i'm ready to buy another video game system um so when i finally could get into the store that was a whole thing i had to figure out and i almost purchased portable ops plus just assuming that it was some upgraded version but like you told us Mm -hmm. it's not um the game was directed by masahiro yamamoto and written by gakuro mikumo um with series creator hideo kojima acting as producer um while oh gosh this is this is a correction for me earlier um, while not the first Metal Gear game for the PSP unlike the previously released Metal Gear Acid and its sequel uh, as well as Metal Gear Solid digital graphic novel it retains the action based play mechanics from the mainline series set in 1970 as we said six years after the events of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater the game follows the exploits of Naked Snake after he finds himself captured in Colombia by the now renegade Fox unit, um, which I believe at the end of three, um, we don't see this happen, but as he's leaving this like tiny celebration by these military people for him, a few of the guys say like, they're just speculating like, oh, we should have him head up the new Fox unit. It's a sneaking, uh, division or whatever it is. So Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that, uh, the Fox unit that he created, or maybe it explains it in the game again, not finishing it leads me to a predicament, but that that was what he started. Can you comment on that at all? Um, so from what I understand is he, he was part of the Fox unit. That's what he's part of in three. Yeah. He leaves, he leaves Fox unit. They want him to head it up because, mm-hmm. you know, he's now big boss. He defeated the boss. Yeah. Um, but from what I, from what I understand from portable ops, uh, story-wise, he is, is not a part of it. Cause that's, I mean, I think that's even, yeah. In the description I see here, he's forced to fight his former unit Fox. So he's not a part of it during portable ops. And as far as I can tell at the end, he's not a part of it. There is a cool little Easter egg at the end though. Um, about talking about him joining some other people to do something else, which I don't know if you even beat the game. I don't know if you want to spoil it, but oh, spoil away! Spoilers <laughs> uh, are like yeah. totally uh, as with any of these episodes, uh, f- free game. So by all means, yeah, okay, yeah. So there's a post credit scene uh, with Ocelot. Ocelot's not in the entire game. Um, but I love he's in the baby Ocelot. Scene. Yeah, <laughs> he's so great. I love him so much. Uh, but you don't see him. You just, uh, well, you do see him because what's awesome. Another thing, this is kind of a little tangent. The cutscenes are incredible. The fact that they do like the hand-drawn art, we can talk more about that in a second. Yeah. So the hand-drawn art, uh, is cutscene that kind of shows Ocelot holding up some people 
get some information. But then, yeah, then it goes to like the voiceover, which it does at pretty much, I think every mainline Metal yeah. Gear game does I that. Where it goes, that. fades to black, fades to black. And it says like, has the title card, Metal Gear Solid, whatever the name of the yeah. game is. And then you just see subtitles come up and you hear like, a, it's always a phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Mr. Good. President and, or what have you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Ocelot's speaking with an unknown man on the phone. They're And they're trying to plotting to use the legacy to fulfill their own agenda. Um, and uh, he wants, let's see, I'll, I'll just look it up here. I yeah, won't stumble over my words. Asla actually wanted the trajectory data of the nuke to point to the DCI in order to blackmail the DCI into giving Asla the documents containing the true identities of the philosophers. Asla agrees to join his new employer's project under the condition that Snake or Big Boss participates as well. And the, the theory is that the unknown man on the phone might be major zero. Um, but yeah, so there's the kind of the theory, like it might be oh major boy. zero. He's talking about talking about creating the philosophers, which we all eventually know is the, um, Patriots. Yes. Or sorry, not the philosophers. He, but wanting to start this new project that called the, yeah, the Patriots. So yes. it's like, okay, Ocelot is being part of the Patriots. This, potentially major zero and then talking about bringing snake or big boss in there so yeah very cool little little tidbit but yeah as far as through the course of this game snake does not join back up with fox he's Mm -hmm. out but there's a chance he might join up and work with the patriots so we'll see (laughs) gosh which this is one of the things that i really am growing and i'm learning so much as i go through the series and not just learning but i'm discovering things that i appreciate and love about what this series does compared to some that are, are also my favorite like i it's hard not to compare it to the last games club we did the legend of zelda because mm-hmm. not only because it's the games club we're doing and focusing on but they are also prestige titles like some of the greatest games ever but in a sense there's so much that makes them so similar yet so different whether it be recurring heroes whether it be like tropes whether it is the f- the format and function of these games but something that i have grown to love about the series is how it really does feel all uh it intentionally tied together even if they're figuring it out as they go along which is i mean that's how that works a lot of a lot of retconning happening in these games yes (laughs) absolutely which great i'm all for it whereas the zelda series is like ah we made this some games are tied together and are sequels to each other and whatnot um uh but there, it's often it's it's not near as intentional as this which it doesn't have to be i just happen to mm-hmm. for this series really appreciate that whether it be like oh my gosh we're once again hearing ocelot on the phone at the end of a game yeah. have a conversation <laughs> with a mysterious person and are led to speculate who is this going to be and what's going to develop from here um just like the end of, the end of the first one, which is just incredible. Um, so good. yeah, yeah, that's I, I I'm right there with you. I love that they <laughs> Kojima goes almost out of his ways sometimes to like tie the games together. Yes, like obviously they all have the same like characters and like like it's not hard to tie them together, I guess. But then like there's like the mainline knot, which like okay, this makes sense. And then there's like Kojima being like no. We have to tie them together more. There has to be more <laughs> strings. Like he has his big, big string board. He's like yes. one, one rope is not enough. Yes. <laughs> we need like yarn all over Who's this. Who's this guy? Gray and, Fox. And 
yeah, we need like this connected all the way back to this one and down here and over here. And no one even knows who this is, but I'm going to make up a person here so I can connect it over there. Yes. Oh, man, I love his way of making games because it's it every time. And like I mentioned with playing the first one. Yeah. Every time you play it, you pick up another little piece of information like, oh, I didn't I never put two and two together. Like, oh, that's so crazy. Like, it's it's so incredible. I love his way of storytelling because it's just way over the top and convoluted, but so much fun. It's just a giant puzzle. It's <laughs> been like a, maybe this is a, not a great number to throw out, but half the fun of like me going through the series and going from one to the next to the next is seeing these things unfold and you know, because I know so little about it, and especially going in, uh, and it is pretty much entirely fresh, I'm getting to experience it as if I was there for the releases. And so th- mm. that is all just so appealing to me. Um, but awesome. anyway, uh, getting in to this game, uh, I want to comment on a few things and just – this is really just an open floor for us to talk about the game. But there are a few things mm. I definitely want to hit. Um, and uh, if it hadn't become obvious already, as much as I've had a few recaps for myself, definitely going to end up leaning on you for some story, so I'm, which is exactly what you signed up for <laughs> guesting on this episode so kindly. But um, starting the game, you sort of discussed this earlier, was the, the visuals and the graphics. This game essentially, you know, in a perfect world would have functioned very, very similarly to uh, – to snake eaters the subsistence version with the free camera but all in all that is essentially what we are getting here visually and with the camera controls and i have to say i am it is remains so impressive you already talked about it a little bit but the fact that they were able to do this in 2006 on the psp is so crazy (laughs) really spectacular considering snake eater was two years before on the playstation 2 is like a late ish ps2 game mm-hmm. yeah it's the the amount of like every ounce of power that they're able to squeak out of that psp to to make it look honestly like if you did a side-by-side comparison like they're they're very close like not i mean you'd be able to tell yeah but honestly like it it, it you you might have mistaken it for an early ps2 game if anything like yes. i feel like you could you could look at it and be like oh this is an early ps2 game and then when you found out like, oh, what, it's a handheld? Like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, blows my mind that they are able to do that. Um, but yeah, very similar art and color scheme, everything. It basically looks like a copy and paste of Snake Eater, um, which makes sense. I mean, it's kind of the same character. And um, even though it's a different part of the world, they, they I feel like they use kind of very similar uh, like maps and environments yeah. and stuff like that, where it's kind of like uh, a lot less... Um, like jungle and wilderness type maps. Um, but it's not all completely kind of like, you know, urban and, and buildings and stuff either. I feel like it's like the, some of the maps are a little, little mix and, you know, you're getting a little bit of each where you can hide and hide in some areas that are a little more, you know, bushes and trees and stuff. But yeah, definitely mainly more military bases and stuff like that. So a little bit different feel than three, but also still feeling and looking a lot like three, which, yeah, I thought was interesting. 
Definitely. I think one, as much as I, I can praise the the look of this game, I it is easy to see the moments where it's like, oh, this is a PSP game and this is where they're choosing to not, I would not characterize it as cutting corners, but where they're choosing to maybe preserve their budget or their enter, the processing power of this console. Yeah. Some of those so are- blow up in your hand, yeah. Yeah, which uh, <laughs> I would have understood if that happened anyway. Um, <laughs> one of those moments are the, the codec sequences in this game, which there are, there is plenty of voice acting in this. Uh, well, we can even get into at some point the, I definitely want to spend time on the, the like graphic novel part because I just, I kept thinking about that as I was playing this and I was like, I can't wait to talk to Garrett about this. But, uh, <laughs> in the codec sequences, um, they are essentially you're seeing stills of the characters with the text displayed below. There's not voice acting, which I totally understand. Um, and you're not flipping through pictures like you have the ability to do in uh, in Snake Eater, which is a fun take on that era's sort of – again, yeah. I feel like I could just do a whole – we could probably do a whole like episode of Super NPCs on Codex in this series because they're just so <laughs> yeah. fascinating and, and special in their own ways. But – um, that's a that's a place that I notice it. You're like, oh, this is like a really low res like like screen or not a screenshot, but like a capture of these character models, and that's right. that's fine. But that's I guess where you just I, I notice some of the the PSPness, uh, which is a great. <laughs> don't say that word yeah. again. I don't think that's not the word you which were thinking of. <laughs> I'm I'm simultaneously horrified and so thrilled that that just came out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> But where you notice the PSP nature, perhaps, of, of this game. Yeah. And, and that also, I think, you know, can can tie in well with some of the things you were discussing, like the the, the limited control options and the fact that um, I don't know if like two or three really use – if there's a difference between like the R2 and R1, the shoulder – the different shoulder buttons. But the – both – and the Vita only has one set of shoulders. So like – you're slightly more limited. And I did feel yeah. that at certain points in the game, like changing right. equipment or what have you. In fact, now that I'm saying it, it's like, oh, and I think believe, I believe in one, two, and three, like your weapons and your like equipment are a certain like shoulder button. And then like. Yeah. So I know at least on two, on, on one, it's very basic. It's just like, I think both L1, L2, R1, R2 mm -hmm. just does the little equipment. Yeah, uh, the inventory, left and right inventory. So your your item inventory and your weapon inventory. Um, but I know in two, uh, one of the shoulder buttons does. It also does the. I think R, the R two buttons are like the inventories, but then R one and L one. One of them does um, first person because yes. that was a new thing in that oh. game. And Some I forget good. what the one the the other one does something else, and I don't remember. I can't, yeah, I don't I've know. Played it so many times, I can't remember. But yeah, so th there are there's a little bit different controls, but nothing too game changing other than just that first person mechanic that they added, which they also had in this game, which I used probably ninety nine percent of the time that I was shooting. Honestly, oh yeah, uh, like anytime I shot, like I. I, I use the trink pistol pretty much the entire game and is always like first person, dink, headshot, take him out, good to go. Move oh, on. yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's so satisfying. It worked surprisingly well. Even with the janky controls, I'm like, okay, I can make this work. First person, this works. Nice slow pace shooter. 
<laughs> Absolutely. It feels so comparable to me to what I was doing in two and three, where you the first person mode is also just like all I'm I don't I almost do no shooting, even in those games, in mm-hmm. in the I guess the the like a the top down mode or even the third person mode of subsistence and on. I I just don't rely on that because it's I don't even and even thinking about that, uh in retrospect, I was like, how did I even play one when i wasn't using the like sniper or the m- missile launcher um it's it's just willy-nilly go, <laughs> go for it spray and pray trying my gosh darn best um i don't know yeah. if you had heard me say this or if you had the chance to listen to the snake eater episode yet but i played through the whole game without knowing how or or maybe potentially finding the uh silencer for the tranquilizer so <laughs> Really? somehow so but uh, so i'm really thrilled <laughs> that it's just on your on your trank pistol in this game yeah, i would have yeah it's just there i would have been yeah had an even more i would have had a tough time with it but so but <laughs> oh, all that being said you know talking about some of the limitations with the controls overall i'd love to hear how you felt about it because personally yeah there's some things i was longing for but i felt like it still especially after a little time functioned pretty well in the hand as a, as a, as I'm used to it for metal gear games. Yeah. So as far as like the feel of the game, um, like, like I kind of said earlier, I, I, I think it's one of those things you just get used to mm-hmm. like over time, like you just, you just figure it out and you figure out what works for you. And so my gameplay style changed. Like I wasn't going to play this. Oh. Like I played one and two and three, it turned into like, okay, I need to, play this like metal gear portable lots yes. this is a new gameplay style for me now um a new stealth style um or you know unfortunately in some cases less stealth style yeah <laughs> that, that's what it kind of turned into a lot of times it's like um i'm gonna do my best to stealth through this but i'm basically ready with my thumb just to like break out the trink pistol and take them out before they set the alarm off you know yes like it might it might might go very south here very quickly um and so yeah, it just kind of turned into like a new gameplay style for me. And I tell you what, I had a lot of claw finger on the PSP. <laughs> um, trying to get like hit multiple buttons at first. Like you're trying to hit a trigger and an analog stick and first person yes. and then shoot is square. So it's just like. I wish the listener could see know, the, how cool your hands look when oh, you're doing that. Man, I, I relate just, to it just think, a lot. And <laughs> yeah, people speed just, running this game. That's how they hold the 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 their oh, PSP really? or Vita is that they okay. are having a, the like a claw like grip, yeah yeah so that's that's basically your hands become two claws and just like <laughs> kind of bear the PSP is kind of teetering there you know in your yes. fingertips while you're trying to play this game but uh so not ideal but it's like okay you get used to it and you know what by the end of it like it was a second nature and yeah. felt very good so it was well not good it felt very natural so yeah it uh i not not definitely not top tier uh gameplay mechanics wise mm-hmm. like controls like i think they could have done better with that but honestly with what they were working with i they did pretty good <laughs> yeah pretty much i feel like where i land on the on the controls too um so as we uh, get, do get into this discussion. We we talked about some of the visuals, um, uh, at least like getting into the game because that's the first thing I noticed was yeah. how good it looked. We Which talked about the, the cut scenes, yeah, the cut scenes being the animated, hand drawn, like oh, so good. Let's Which, talk have, about it. Have yeah, have you? 
played through the the graphic novel, the Metal Gear Solid graphic novel. No, is it function okay. like this? So it, there's not really much really gameplay like you really are just watching yeah it it's more like a video like a just one long cut scene and there are things you can interact with to like unlock information within the game if you want to learn more about like it's almost like an encyclopedia so as you're watching the graphic novel you can unlock uh you know encyclopedia the entries and stuff that's like incredible. that incredible um but for you that's got to be like your dream <laughs> oh it's it's wonderful it's wonderful but it's just the story of one metal gear solid one yeah and but it's just one long hand-drawn art all and as far as i know all done by yoji shinkawa which is incredible artist one of my favorite um is and, that who did uh, the the original codec the hand-drawn codec or is it different artists do you know uh, I mean, Yoji Shinkawa has been the main artist for Hideo Kojima for always and even still is, okay. at, you know, for Death Stranding. Like he's, they're like best buds, inseparable. Oh, cool. Like any, any of like the, like the ink art and stuff like, see, or like the, the original cover for pretty much any of the games, but especially like, I always think of uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, mm-hmm. like the, like just the gorgeous white and red, like hand-drawn art. Like that's all Yoji Shinkawa. Okay. He's incredible artist. Um, and, uh. But yeah, so the graphic novel though is basically the entire like just one long cutscene of that. And when I saw that in this game, I'm like, I had no idea. Like so when I first fired up, I'm like, this is incredible. The voice acting, they have all the original voice actors back. Holy crap. Um at least at least well, at least uh um, you know, for for Sneak there. Um they have uh David Hayter. But um yeah, I I love the big the the, the cutscenes in this game. I I honestly wouldn't be mad if more Metal Gear games like just had that. Like, I don't need the full 3D cutscenes. Like, yeah. dude, the art is just so beautiful. It's one of the as as I pl- got to play more and more of the game and see more and more of them. I assumed that the reason they did that, and I could be wrong. Maybe there's even some interviews that have been done about this that it was done again because of the limitation of the hardware that they were making this that's, game for. That's what I assumed. Yeah, it was probably just to like, hey, it's it's it takes up a lot less resources and doing a full 3D cutscene. <laughs> and, and you know what? To that, I say I think we know that a rose can bloom on a battlefield because. <laughs> From that limitation, potentially, again, I don't know for sure, but I am assuming, we got some of the most creative, like, it almost makes me want to get in. I'm not someone who's into comics or graphic novels. I've read a few. I've I've, I've, I've touched upon one or two, but Mm -hmm. it made me, and again, it's different than, like, reading a comic. These are animated in certain ways, but they're absolutely spectacular. I just, like... And again, I mostly just saw like some of the earlier to mid story ones, but uh, like one of the many things I've been so excited to just like talk to you specifically about because I'm just like, how many people who have even seen this? I don't know how many people have played uh, Portable Ops. I don't know how good it sold um, or how many people have decided to return to the series. I mean – Like I told you, I tried to get a bunch of more recruits for this episode and (laughs) failed, but it's just so, so beautiful. And maybe the most capturing part of the game for me personally were the, these uh, graphic scenes. A hundred percent. Yeah. For me, it was like, I, and I, there was a lot of times I felt like I I wish there was more of it. Like there was so many times where we're getting a dump of information um, through like 
through a codec call or even just on the main menu, like yeah. you just get the two, like there, there's, I think the idea of it is like they're in the, they're in the war room, like kind of planning over a map. And so it's just like shows their two faces yeah. or not even, it just shows Campbell's face. And then like some text at the bottom, like you don't even get voiceover. Like the only time you get voiceover in this game is during those animated, uh, cut scenes. Um, and every time I got them, it was such a, a nice little gift. I loved it. And every time they finished, I'm like, please just a little more yeah. just a little bit more like I wish there was like a theater mode where I could just watch them all back to back like I'm sure there's people on YouTube who have done comp- compilations and there if that's are. the case <laughs> and I've I might them. <laughs> I might yeah I might look that up later and just watch it because it's uh, so gorgeous and it's, it's incredible like how much they can portray of the story and emotion and the setting and everything through such simple like ink line you know, animated drawings like that. So incredible. Oh, that's, I mean, that's a really good detail that you are including about that is that it's not like what you might assume a a modern or or even at the time a comic book would have generally been like. I'm sure there are comics that are done in this exact style or at least something similar, but it's not fully colored. There's not, Mm -hmm. uh, there are, and there are sometimes, although to make it a comparison to comics, sometimes you'll see like the sound will be, uh, yeah. reiterated as the text, like you're reading a like a like a what I'm gonna pull from like Ninja Turtles comics of like a thwack or a or if a gun's yeah. going off, it's like a brack, whatever it is. And yeah, I always love that. Like all of a sudden, they, they pull out their AK 47s mm-hmm. and it's just like or whatever comes up or boom 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 or whatever is happening. Like you get that onomatopoeia kind of yeah, text thank you. pop popping up there was just like really hammering in the sound like you're hearing the sound they're giving you the sound effect but just to see it it's like oh man it's so cool i'm like hearing <laughs> it by reading it even more it, <laughs> yeah so just magical. fantastic but the line drawing like you were saying it's pre- it's very simple i think it's almost always like a white everything else is white or maybe like mm. tones of gray but uh yeah. yeah i would recommend for you if you're if you haven't played this game in a while or if you're maybe just listening to this episode because you're a $10 DJ Toad tier patron and you like the series, check this out at the very least on YouTube because the the, the novel parts of this are really incredible. Um, uh, something else I want to touch on too, as I'm already noticing, we're already hitting like an hour mark here talking. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like oh, we could probably so talk good. about this forever. Um, <laughs> I just the one of the things that I actually didn't know about going into the game that at first I will say was took it took me pushing through and not only learning how to assign people to different units, mm. but just understand the function of them in general. Once I got used to probably what I would consider like, you know, the game mechanic and why they call this portable ops um, mm. is the the whole recruiting aspect of it. And the fact that as you go through this game, now not only uh, are there every enemy you see, I think every every enemy, maybe even like I didn't try to do this, but there's I wonder if you could even recruit bosses. Um, you can essentially recruit enemies in this game by capturing them and taking them to your car, and then you can assign them to different sorts of units. Uh, was this something you knew coming into this game? I had no idea that mechanic was in here. And honestly, the only other place I had used that mechanic is in Metal Gear Solid 5, Phantom oh, Pain. Oh, yes. So for me, and this is 
I, when I was talking to Adrian about that, my uh, my co-host on Super Gamer Boys, homeboy, and I was tell I was telling him, yeah, old homeboy, and uh, I was telling him like, dude, like this has the Metal Gear Solid Five mechanic. He's like, you realize that it originated. So now, 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 now I need to remember. Did this come out first, or did uh, Peace Walker come out first? I believe this did. Out? I'm this almost one, okay. certain of that. He, okay, yeah. So he was telling me he's like, yeah, that it originated in Portable Ops, and it's actually even further um, implemented and approved, improved upon in Snake Eater, or not? Sorry, it's not Snake Eater. Peace Peace yes. Walker, the, the other PSP game. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like all this time. <laughs> I thought Metal Gear Solid Five was like the inception of this ops oh, kind of okay. gameplay, where where you have to like assign people to different units and different this and that and the other thing, give them different jobs. Like I I thought that was such a novel mechanic. I was like, oh man, look at Hideo Kojima getting all creative in Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> Little did I know, like ten years earlier, two thousand six, with Portable Ops, like he was start he did it all the way back then on the PSP. So yeah, I had no idea it was in there. Um, but honestly, I feel like this is a mechanic that easily could have not been part of the game. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I used it very little. I think I only used it basically when they told me to like, Hey, we need to find this map. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to throw a couple people in my, uh, in my spy unit for these different places and find the map. Um, cause I played the whole game as snake and I didn't die. Like you I don't know. Like you nice. just, nice. Like the only time, I mean, I would die, but usually if I died, like everyone would die. Like it was very quickly like, okay, I died a snake. And then my other two guys were so, or three guys were so weak. It was like, boom, boom, boom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I, I just need to, I did like, it was like, okay, let's go back to the drawing board and figure out what equipment snake needs in order to get through this mission. So that way I don't even have to touch the other three guys. Basically yeah. <laughs> how I, how I started doing it. Um, other than there is a part later in the game where Snake gets captured, and again you are forced to play as your soldiers because Snake is in captivity, and you actually play for it's like three or four missions. You play as your your soldiers. So if, if up until that point, yeah, I don't know if you got to that point in the game, but did not. If you <laughs> yeah, so if you don't build up a good enough army before then, you're kind of screwed. Like you're trying to get like you make it extremely difficult for yourself. Oh so you want to have some good soldiers in your in your units and your ops so that way when you get to that point in the game you can actually like decently get through those missions to save snake you literally go through a mission to find out where he is to break into the place then to find him and then you know eventually you find him and then you switch back to controlling snake okay again. but it's it's a crazy thing in the middle of the game. I'm like, what? Like, I'm not playing as like as Snake anymore. As Big Boss. Like, what's again. happening? <laughs> They've tricked me again. Um, but as far as your question is, yeah. uh, who you can recruit? Who you can recruit? Um, yeah, there's um, members of uh, the Fox unit. Members of like all like uh, what is it? Is it Russian military that's there? Yeah. There's doctors. Yeah, there's which is funny because it's in government Columbia, officials. But it is like the same, seemingly the same like ops that you meet in Three and Snake Eater, which is in Russia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, but you you asked about bosses. Yes. If you uh, fight all the bosses with the tranquilizer gun and do a stamina kill instead of an actual kill, they will join you. So that I was only so able cool. <laughs> I was only able to do it with one boss. Okay. I think it's the first one, the I forget his name now, but whatever the frozen dude is. Um yes. ice guy. 
Uh, he's constantly was, like, like freezing the python. room so he can like, survive or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he shoots out, throws the ice grenades or whatever, and freezes the room. Um, I was able to 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 do a stamina kill on Python, and he joined my team. Oh. And so he was he was right there, my number two. So if Snake ever died, I had Python backed up, ready to fight with me. I wasn't able to get anyone else to join me because some of the boss battles are hard. And yeah. it got to the point where I'm like, pull up the AK-47 and just blow them away. Yeah. Like, I, I know that finish this. Like in, in all, I think at least Snake Eater, potentially the others too, a lot of people like to do like a pacifist run where they're not killing anyone. And I've seen, you know, they're like trank through whether it's the pain or – uh, mm-hmm. or the fury or whoever in three, but it's interesting that not only can you do that in this, but you can also capture them and use them as incredible. Uh, I find it yeah. just, just interesting purely that like that was that the recruiting and implementing of these, uh, units was a, something that you did minimally because the game does allow seemingly what I could tell from like a way an option for you to play how you want to. And I found myself far too often spending way too much time just – maybe that's why I didn't finish it was that I was <laughs> just like trying to drag every enemy I saw in every area to my truck before I did the thing. And I was like – at a certain point, I re- did realize uh, – Maybe I'm wasting my time here, which is partly why I, I put. I was telling you, I put on Super Gamer Boys, listen to listen to you guys, and watched you <laughs> record your podcast last night. I put on some Dragon Ball Z while I was playing this. I was all over the place, That's but awesome. I did. Outside of you know our different uses of it, I did find the system interesting and the fact that they have, as I had previewed earlier, a few different ways to use recruits. There are different units that have different functions, whether it's your spy unit, which provides you for specific information, like there's a mission early on where you have to detonate a few uh, trucks in a few different areas that you visited and or will be visiting in order to create a distraction so you can get across this rail bridge. Um, mm-hmm. That you discover because uh, the locations of these through your spy units – your healing units, I believe, allow you to heal more uh, as you as time progresses. Whether it's whether you're making time pass between because you have like three different cycles you can go through on every turn between missions, or there's the there's the tech unit which I believe are developing weapons for you and and, and items. Yeah. And then there's just your sneaking unit, which is um, the units the, the like the four different units that you can have out in the field. Um, uh, and you can switch, like you were saying, you can switch between characters and at some point you're forced to, uh, you are able to switch between characters who some characters can drag enemies faster. Some characters yeah. are delivery men, which <laughs> deliver supplies, uh, or like different items. Cause you can only hold four in this game, which was a, sh- that, that was, was actually probably the part I difficult. disliked the most and did not come around on compared to some other, uh, yes. challenges I'll call them. And and what I hated is not only is it just is it four items, but for every character it was different what kind of items you could you could carry. So like for some items, right. it was one one weapon and like three equipment, or two weapon and two equipment, or three weapon and one equipment. But there mm-hmm. was, I had a couple people who were just four weapons. You could only have weapons. <laughs> it's like, well, what if I want a healing? <laughs> I need yeah. a healing, uh, uh, what a med kit or something like that. Like, how am I supposed to heal if I don't get, get the, the medical kit? Oh man, drove me nuts. But yeah, that, 
that was very hard. That's probably the biggest um, kind of roadblock that I hit in the middle of the game is around the time when, yeah, I lost Snake. So I had to play these guys. <laughs> I'm like, shoot, like this is so hard, like to figure out what's the best setup to get through this freaking level as a, you know, a subpar soldier <laughs> with a very crappy uh, equipment loadout. It was it was tricky to figure out. It's a puzzle. Gosh. Uh, yeah, just uh, definitely the part that, like I already said, did not outgrow, did not uh and was most challenged by again not even having played as far as as you did into the game but a a very notable element that like you when discussing this game i just absolutely could not leave out um another i mean maybe one of the the next big thing i want to discuss and get into with you is the the story and and one of the notable things for me that you have mentioned earlier was how this game, like the others, continues to tie things in and set things up for the rest of the series. Um, in fact, I started this game on on the Vita before I started Snake Eater because I planned to play through it for a lot longer than I did <laughs> and then realizing it was a direct sequel, because I, especially because I was hosting that episode, I stopped playing. And But minutes into the game, you meet... Who other than, as you said, Colonel Campbell as like a young, gruff guy uh, who's just gotten his butt kicked and he's, also has a fever? Yeah, still in the Green Berets. Like he's he's not fresh, but he's like much younger, not Colonel yet. Yeah, he's like yeah. just a soldier in the Green Berets and, you know, last of his unit. They all got, you know captured oh or gosh. killed in combat and yeah he's sick he's got like some sort of disease you got to save his life and you know that's like the first few missions right is finding that medicine so you can save yes. him so you can even move on with the game <laughs> which was was an interesting you know way to start the game like hey the first like couple hours is just saving campbell's life by finding the the medicine he needs so yes. like, okay all right that's fine <laughs> and you like might have the same fever too potentially you just yeah. maybe don't have yeah. symptoms yet it was reminded me too of uh, a little bit of the the fox die stuff in in the first mm. game just slightly where it's like oh yeah. we don't know if it's gonna get you or if you have it already <laughs> um yeah uh but this this game you know continuing the story of big boss i'm i'm curious for you garrett again having actually finished the story and not just watched videos on it like <laughs> the host of this episode me um and what are some do you have any takeaways from this or things that you found interesting as like a fan of the series and seeing how it bridges a few of the games? Yeah, um, so it's it's a little tricky because I actually haven't played Peace Walker. I think mm -hmm. I mentioned that before. That's right. Which is the other PSP game. So now that I've played this, like I really want to play some Peace Walker um, to see some more of those connections. Um, if anything, this just kind of helped flesh out the character a little more for me. Because mm -hmm. um, growing up, like I mentioned, only playing one, two, and four, you know, S Solid Snake was was my man. Um, oh, yeah. I was all about like just, you know, the uh, Solid Snake himself and could care less about Big Boss. He was just the random dude in four that showed up at well, I won't talk about that. You haven't got that. I won't spoil anything. Um, <laughs> You're so <laughs> <no>. polite. <laughs> um, there, no, there's some story elements that just, you know, revive, you know, well, even in one, like they talk about his body, like there's his body, like there's some stuff in, in four chasing around like the body, big boss, stuff like that. Um, 
And so I've just been like, okay, he's whatever. And then when I pl- finally played three, I'm like, okay, cool. This is, this is Solid Snake's daddy. Like who cares? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> like <laughs> I could care less about him, but it's interesting having played uh snake eater and then playing this, I'm like, okay, like there's, and, and, and apparently, you know, even Metal Gear Solid 5, I haven't played a lot of or even finished. So I want to go back to that at some point too. But Hideo Kojima really like made sure that like when writing the story, yeah, you play a solid snake, but this, it really is Big Boss's story. Yeah. Like when you really get down to it, like this is a story about Naked Snake, Big Boss, and his, you know, from literally his beginning of becoming, you know, big boss, you know, going defeating his mentor, the boss. Gosh. And the, to, which they reference in this game. And I'm like, every time they yes. reference it, I'm like, oh, it hurts. No, stop. It's so depressing. Uh, the pain. Um, <laughs> the sorrow. No, I mean, not, not, not the pain. Yeah, <laughs> yes. the, pain, the sorrow, the end. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but also, yeah, like from the beginning all the way to, you know, the, the last from entry in the franchise being five is like still again fleshing out his story it's made me really more and more interested in learning more about his story so yeah i'm i I feel like it didn't necessarily connect more dots for me but it's just like fleshing out this character that i've cared very little about throughout my my love of this series and uh now i'm realizing like oh like he he's the main character like he's kind of it like even though you don't necessarily see him in every game like he's kind of like what this is all about and so, yeah, more and more really interested in playing some more of the game. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to like Peace Walker, looking forward to uh, five, um, both ground, ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain to learn more about this character. But as far as like Campbell, like, yeah, that was just such a like, crazy moment to be like, are you kidding me? Like they fought together because my, in my head, the relationship with Campbell was always between Solid Snake yeah. and Campbell. And so to be like, whoa wait like he was friends with his daddy too <laughs> like yes they fought together like crazy i have you know have myself uh wondering just like what implications this has for the rest of the series just mm-hmm. knowing that like oh wait a second like what am i gonna continue to learn and like uh if what if if only does that even come up in one i don't know because I wasn't looking for it. You know? I know. I almost want to go back now after playing this, even though I've played one a hundred times you know, <laughs> or, or more, I'm like, yeah. have I missed something? Has there been some line of dialogue that I've missed that like references that at all? Or, or maybe not. I don't know. But um, another big uh, kind of blew my mind when this moment came up is uh, Null that you fight. Yes. The perfect soldier, mm-hmm. uh, which... Once you figure out the, what's going on, not that hard of a boss battle, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> I died so many times to that guy. <laughs> that, like, it took me a long time to figure out, like, oh, it's a pattern. Like, this is so easy. Why am I such an idiot? Why did I that die? That feels so many like times? so many Battle um, Gear solid bosses is like, until yeah. I get it, especially, I will say, especially the first game. But, um, mm, yeah. but this one, you know, has similar it, patterns there. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Exactly. No, no, yeah. Uh, so, but when later in the game, you finally uh, find out who this guy is. Um, and they obviously in this game just refer to him as Frank Yeager. And people mm. who aren't <laughs> huge fans of the franchise or haven't played some of the other games, you're just like, who the heck is that? Like, even I'm not, I'm like, I'm going to be completely honest up until even just, you know, 
maybe like 10 years ago or something, I didn't even realize that who Frank Yeager was either. Like it took me like through my childhood, that name meant nothing to me. And then when I heard that in this game, it's none other than Cyborg Ninja that we all know and love from Metal Gear Solid 1, Gray Fox. Gray Fox, baby. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? This is the origin story of freaking Gray Fox as well. Dude. Who, again, later you, um, I mean, so I've not played Metal Gear, you know, the NES or mm-hmm. whatever, the, the, but he goes on to work. So he meets Big Boss in this game in that game goes on to work and fight with him fight against solid snake it's like oh my gosh like again all the little like yarn strings all over the place like connecting these games together i was like i just fought cyborg ninja twice you think you do it twice in this game (laughs) it's like oh so crazy i love it so much and honestly like he's one of my favorite characters from metal gear solid one gray fox and so to, to see this origin, I'm like, oh, man, this just warms my heart, warms my heart. I love it so much. It, it it really is great. One of the big, of course, the biggest surprises for me, unfortunately, not something that I experienced in gameplay. This was part of my like jaunt through a handful of videos, whether it was like mm-hmm. Portable Ops the movie or, or like Jay's like dissection of Portable Ops. But that yeah. was remained powerful, even not and I, it was one of those moments where I was like, man, really wish I would have put more – given myself a bigger head start to actually get through it, to experience it you know, mm-hmm. on this little screen that I have and not um, from a video dictating it to me. But nonetheless, really cool. And I know that – obviously, they start doing this sort of tying in uh, – or Kojima really you know, starts doing this with Snake Eater especially as much as they – you know, have strings from one to two, <laughs> numerous ones. But mm-hmm. once they go back in time to the 60s, and then of course here in the early 70s and start doing that too, it's really, uh, I feel like they're really successful as far as what I have consumed, as far as Metal Gear goes so far, really successful in in that and making it fun. Maybe it's because I'm a prisoner of the moment or I'm just like adoring going through this series and every it's like the beginning of a new relationship where you're just it's just constant like butterflies and enjoyment but uh i'm not seeing the flaws yet but i love it yeah no it's so fantastic and um yeah i've already said it a hundred times but i just love i I love that yeah i love the way he just is so careful about everything hideo kojima that is he's so careful about his storytelling like even though it seems like haphazard and crazy and like random and i might have made it sound like that earlier but it really isn't that it's that he just he he cares so much about every little detail and to a fault sometimes like i think that that's where the fault lies it's not that like necessarily um you know things he's doing is bad it's just that sometimes it gets to be too much yeah <laughs> but um man yeah i i love that like having like those little easter eggs and connections in the games it's it's a fun little thing and again for me playing this game and i was like how did i ever miss out on this in the franchise like i was so so bummed i hadn't played it or played it earlier because it was such a fun little yeah little little connections throughout and from both story-wise and gameplay-wise, talking about the you know the system that I I thought originated in Metal Gear Solid Five. So, yeah, very interesting. Gosh, um, 
the the last thing I really want to hit on are just sort of how the story carries itself out at the end and, and some maybe important bullet points that we have going into the rest of the series. Um, first of all, we haven't even mentioned the main uh, villain in this game, a character <laughs> named Gene, who you know has convinced the, sol- the the Soviet soldiers stationed around all the, all these bases um, to to you know they're on their side and that's who you're recruiting. But um, would you mind ag- again, as the who I have just put in this position of pain to have to tell us walk us through the end of the game? Um, this eventually leads once Snake defeats Gene to him establishing Foxhound. Um, is there anything important that you feel like we should discuss there uh, that are that will be uh, crucial to the series going forward, or a few things that happen also at the end of the game? You already talked about Ocelot's conversation, but anything else regarding yeah. Gene and Foxhound? Um, so, as as far as Gene being the main villain, I feel like that was pretty uh anticlimactic mm-hmm. um i just you know my opinion like you know i don't you think of like yeah all the other metal gear games like the big bad boss at the end is very much built up there's a relationship there's connection there's dialogue there's something throughout the game to make you connect to them Either they're like kind of doc Ock them, in one be, sense yeah be interested in them <laughs> something but gene is just like he only shows up a couple times basically the only time we hear about him is exactly that like people just talking about him like yeah. i feel like he shows up very little and so by the end i'm just like who like i don't care who is this guy <laughs> like what's going on like is i'm just gonna kill him um <laughs> and so um yeah so i just i just want to share that i i was very kind of underwhelmed by the big that yeah. the supposed big bad guy of this game um he's just kind of like whatever to me um, but yeah, he, he's defeated. Um, you're able to stop Metal Gear, which let me see. Cause you fight, you fight a test model earlier. Yeah, in the there's game. like a prototype or whatever. The prototype, which honestly, I was surprised at how easy that fight was. I don't know if you fought that one yet, but Mm-mm. yeah, that I was like, Oh, that's, that was a lot easier than I thought. Huh. But then I realized like, Oh, the, that it's because it wasn't the real one, you know, later on you find <laughs> out that. There's the big bad one, which you actually don't even end up fighting either. So after you defeat Gene, it's just a cutscene where um, you're able to shoot down the, the the rocket that's launching the real Metal Gear up into up into space. You know, getting ready to land somewhere else. Um, I forget exactly where it was targeted. Um, I think it was targeted to towards the U.S. Okay. Right. Yeah, I, I think, think you're I right. Think that's yes. be, because they're trying to frame Russia for. Um, for the whole thing. So yeah, heading towards, uh, uh, the U S towards the, the Pentagon there, but it's stopped. Um, I feel like the only other thing that, uh, we really learn about is the Ocelot thing. Um, snake is given, um, the funds, equipment, personnel, and some other stuff for army's heaven. So this is also kind of like an interesting little, I don't know. Uh, I guess if you haven't played any of the other Metal Gear games, this would be some cool foreshadowing. But for everyone else, it's kind of like a little nod to like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what he's alluding Uh to. Um, Gene had been planning on starting this essentially country without borders that was for people like warriors and soldiers to to live in um, called Army's Heaven. And so upon his death, he kind of 
bequeaths this to Snake. Um, and if you don't know, Big Boss goes on to create uh, Outer Heaven, uh, <laughs> you know, and which is exactly that, a country kind of without borders, but that, you know, is this made up of warriors, soldiers, everyone who just feels like they don't belong in the regular world. Basically just a giant private military company that uh, is just, decided they wanted to be their own sovereign nation um and so yeah that was an interesting like it just kind of like is thrown out there like okay you get this stuff and then nothing more comes of it so it kind of felt like a little easter egg like oh okay like gene kind of planted that idea in snake's yeah. head almost like big boss originally wasn't going to you know wouldn't have created outer heaven if it wasn't for gene potentially um yeah like you mentioned he establishes foxhound afterwards which um, if you don't remember, that's, that's the unit that solid snake eventually is a part of down the road, which is so cool that they, yeah. even, you know, the, his, uh, father is the founder of this, uh, <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> unit that he's a part of. Um, but yeah. And then it moves, go right into the ocelot thing very quickly, like the cuts to credits. And then after the credits, you see the little scene with the ocelot, um, killing the director of central intelligence, taking documents, uh, that with the identities of, of philosophers and then the phone call with the unknown man, which again, people kind of speculate might be major zero, um, just based off of, you know, his voice and stuff like okay. that, but kind of sounds a little bit like major zero that he's talking to with, uh, possibly starting up the Patriots. So very interesting. Ocelot, major zero potentially, and then bring, trying to rope in big boss to start the old Patriots, which if, you know anything about uh i mean you've played two patriots are bad news <laughs> bad yeah. news gosh um well hey thank you for just sort of like uh helping me like repaint some some things that i had like uh had soaked in just from some videos and just trying to like yeah. make up for not finishing the end of this game because it is really interesting to see how this continues to tie itself into the rest of the series and what it uh, ends up setting up um, yeah. so I do really appreciate you, uh, having that role for us tonight on, on <laughs> no Metal Gear Solid Games Club. Um, I think, um, unless there, are there any other big things about the game that you're like, Hey, we got to discuss this. Otherwise I just was planning to say some last words about the game. Um, but I did want to leave that space open for you being, you know, such a fan of the series, just in case. The only other thing I want to mention is, uh, the music which for the most part i feel like is pretty um just standard mm -hmm. uh, and really kind of unspectacular yeah um which is interesting for a metal gear game like usually that's you know people and i, and I absolutely adore the soundtracks for all the other games like all the mainline games incredible incredible music um this one is pretty unspectacular until I forget exactly what moment it kicks in, but there is a song. I think it's the, I think it's the ending theme. I think it's during the credits actually. Mm. So it's like during the credits, finally you get like this, this epic call. It's the name of the song is calling to the night. And let me tell you, it is phenomenal. Like you need to go <laughs> listen to it right now. The most incredible, just like jazz saxophone, just going to town on this track. Oh my gosh. So it's, I don't know if it's, it's definitely not up there with Snake Eater, but it's pretty close. Like it's, it's pretty close to like a Snake Eater kind of feel and sound to it. Very, very good. So 
I just wanted to mention that. Like I was surprised at how unspectacular it was. And then the yeah. credits hit and it's like, boom, they just hit you with this jam. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Where's this I, been the I, whole game? Yeah, right. I was playing this. I finished it on a plane. I was on my flying back from Orlando oh earlier this month. And like, I had my headphones in. And I was just like jamming out to this song. I'm like, this is so good. Oh, absolutely loved it. So yeah, other than that, that's okay. all I wanted to mention. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. And yeah, that was, I think maybe the reason I wasn't even thinking about the music was because I felt very similar to you and that it's a lot of just, you know, um, not ambient noise or necessarily a background noise, but it's just some, what felt like uh pretty standard um, sneaking mission tones uh, outside of the classic uh alert music that ends up playing depending on what's what levels of that you're in and right. maybe there's some stuff in some of the cutscenes. but thank you for bringing up that song that is something that i hope plays at the end of this episode fingers yes. crossed for producer jeremy <laughs> um well garrett as we as we head out i would um love to just hear from you overall thoughts and maybe just like just put a bow on what this game uh, how you feel about this game, you know, coming off of like for the first time playing it, being such a big fan of the series. Yeah. Um, so overall, I I enjoyed the game. Um, I don't know if it's one that I would ever go back and play again. I don't know. Like, I don't want that to make it sound like it's bad either. Like, that's the thing sure. I want to be very clear. Like, it was a very fun game and the story was interesting again, like kind of filling out that Canon and kind of like what I know of these characters. Uh, but I also very much feel like, like, okay, this is a one and done game in my mind. Like I don't need to Where like a lot of the other metal gear games. I'll replay them on like an annual basis or every couple of years. Like I try to jump in and cycle through the games again. Um, although it's been a while, like I said, for snake eater, I played it 10 years ago and I haven't touched it since, but, (laughs) um, yeah, I, uh, it's a, it's yeah one of those things like okay thoroughly enjoyed it really enjoyed what it added to now what I have in my head is canon and what's the story of these characters where they came from but yeah I'm I'm would be pretty content with just also not playing it again so yeah I would it very uh, I guess well, let's see if we were doing like a one out of ten IGN scale or something like that oh baby here we go I mean is this like a a very like solid seven i think you know all right yeah just good that's where not i was great not fantastic but it's not bad either especially comparing <laughs> it know? to maybe like the highs of the series is like oh yeah. if you know i don't know for you know for you uh sons of liberty is a 10 you know up there it's like hard to give an actual grading video games in general is like confusing because i feel like it's yeah. so uh it's <laughs> on such a high curve but yeah. i feel like i was thinking like uh ah, seven six and not to disparage it like i yeah i really enjoyed what i played at this game and i will be honest and say the more that i played the more i wanted to continue playing and just mm-hmm. like i you know different than you really got into the recruiting aspect and the and the taking out every enemy to do that just to see like what are these characters' names? What are their specialties? Like, wh- what if I ca- like miss out on catching someone that I want to be in my spy unit or what have you? Um, yeah, I I did enjoy my my of course limited time with this game. I plan to continue playing it. Now that the you know the pressure's sort of off because we are <laughs> minutes away from concluding this episode. Um, I I have that freedom to do so, and I, I really do. 
plan to do exactly that. Um, but I would just say there's just a few elements of this game that were uh, a few that were a little disappointing. Like we talked about the controls were difficult. Um, there are some things in the, in the series that I feel like I came to love that make this feel a slightly more, I don't want to say empty, but just a little more barren than some of the other environments or areas in mm-hmm. the other three that I've played. Yeah. But there's also some elements that I really enjoyed. I've already talked about the the like just putting on a podcast and sneaking around and recruiting people. The shooting is still there from the other two games that we've discussed and even in some ways uh, solid one, which I love just tranking people and dragging them around. Um, <laughs> yes. I you know don't like the limited items, but found a way to deal with it. I think the standout for me is the way that the series story is continued and just the the graphics and the cutscenes of this like graphic novel comic uh-huh. stuff. That's that's the highlight for me. Which, just to watch the cutscenes. That's that's the only reason I ever play this again. But yeah. thankfully, just due to the magic of YouTube, I can go watch them. But yeah, if I didn't have that 100%, I'd be playing this over and over again because those cutscenes are amazing. So good. Just absolutely spectacular. Again, made me curious and interested about what else is out there, whether it's something similar to this of like a motion graphic novel or I don't even know if those exist, but things like this. I... I'm really glad that I at least played some of it and so am so thankful that uh, we covered it for this series and that I could have at least get you on one episode and hopefully more for the series, yeah. Garrett. Um, so on our way out, my friend, thank you so much for doing this. This is, again, I love, this is the second time we've gotten to do a podcast together and it's going to seem like I'm just trying to just get you one-on-one because I'm selfish for Garrett time. <laughs> But no, we're going to have some just a serious bond between us two. We're going to be inseparable. So yes, that's that's, that's, that's fine with me. That's fine with me. All of our uh, the friends we have in our lives are going to be so jealous of what we have. But (laughs) all jokes aside, dude, so good to have you on. I love talking video games with you. You are such a great podcaster and a host yourself over at Super Gamer Boys. Um, On your way out, Garrett, what do you want to plug? And uh, what should people be looking out for? And how can people support you aside from checking out Super Gamer Boys? Again, feel free to shout that out and checking out your Patreon over there. Uh, what's going on for you? Yeah, well, first, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. You know, I love to gush about Hideo Kojima and everything he creates, um, even if he's just a producer on it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so this has been been a blast. But yeah, if you want to find me elsewhere, um, I mean, my personal Twitter and Instagram at gmorlang. And, uh, you know, you can basically, I've been very active, a lot less active on Twitter and more active on Instagram, been getting into photography a little bit in the last few months and it's a lot of fun. So, um, check that out. But as far as a uh, video game podcast, which is what you're probably actually interested in, uh, at super gamer boys on Twitter and Instagram, follow those accounts, um, youtube.com slash super gamer boys, uh, all episodes go up We're on all podcast services. And, uh, we also live stream our episodes um, the recording of them on Monday nights. So, you know, we'll record them live at twitch.tv slash the super gamer boys, take the VOD down right away. You know, Patreon supporters will get the episode right away after that. And then, uh, everyone else gets it on, on Wednesday. So every Wednesday, look for a new episode. If you miss those other two opportunities. Um, but yeah, as, uh, 
Connor mentioned, I have uh, patreon.com slash supergamerboys where you can support us and get episodes early and ad-free and a couple other perks too. Uh, we have a Patreon producer tier, which is fun. We have people who support us at that. And then you can pitch segments for the show. So if you want to kind of take control of the show a little bit or at least help us create something, support us over there. And yeah, we, we have a lot of fun with that. I love it. Uh, yeah, what you and Adrian and JJ have over there is so much fun. So yeah, listener, please check that stuff out. We're going to have links in the show notes, so it's very easy for you to click your way over there. Um, thanks again, Garrett. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'll just close us out with some plugs of my own. Uh, this show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt, so shout out to him. Thank you, Jeremy. Be sure to check out his show, which you also get on this feed at uh, Video Games, a comedy show. Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Connor underscore McCabe. I'm sure you listen to my show, Call Me By Your Game, but check it out. And especially check out Garrett's episode, which just released a few months ago, too. I think it was in January we had Garrett on, or maybe early Feb, talking about another Kojima game uh, that was Death Stranding. And lastly, I'll go ahead and shout out once again our patrons. Um, again, this is a show you get here at the $10 DJ Toad tier. So thank you so much to everybody who supports us, period, but especially the DJ Toads out there um, because this has just been uh, so much fun to do this series for you. And I hope you're looking forward to the rest. But we'll shout out first and foremost our newest patron, someone who go by, goes by the name Burnt pop tarts so shout out to you burnt pop tarts of course <laughs> shout I mean, out the burnt pop tarts <laughs> and i i will eat a pop tart burnt cold whatever i haven't had them in a while but now this person is going to make me go to the store because i want them so bad now that i'm thinking yeah, of them i i might need to go to costco and just buy a huge box of them <laughs> oh oh important question do you have a favorite flavor of pop tarts uh yeah the brown sugar cinnamon Wow, man of culture. I'm a strawberry person myself. Blueberry on another day, but okay. brown sugar, pretty wow. good too. Got to give that a shot. Um, and of course, <laughs> the next person I'm going to name, and I'm not going to stop at each of these, but the next person is you, Garrett Morlang. So thank you, Garrett, <laughs> oh, so much. Um, of course, of course. Of course, mutual friend of ours, Eddie Martin. We also have David Danella, who's been on this series as well. Derek Foschino, Nick Sahoya, Darren Lau, Nathan Edwards, Gabe Valdez, Jonathan Thompson-Wheeler, Tyler Dather, Mauricio Dioces, Goblin Bomber as well. Thank you so much for joining us here on episode five of the Metal Gear Solid Games Club, listening to us talk about portable ops. We will be back quite soon for another episode. I honestly can't remember if Peace Walker or Metal Gear Solid for uh, uh, the Guns of the Patriots is coming next, but one of those is, and then I'll be back to host the Twin Snakes episode quite soon. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the next one.